0: Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then it's available for replay on those outlets. And it's also available on a number of podcast outlets. And this is an opportunity to bring the work that we did and compiled into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists who Lead Pet Loss Groups over many years, many decades, in fact, particularly Nancy did the group for, facilitated the group for 30 years. It's an opportunity to bring the understanding that we gained about how important it is in people's lives, how, they're, how important our animal companions are to us and how it strikes us when we lose them. And all the learning we got from people exchanging thoughts and feelings and recommendations to a larger audience. And so we are very happy to have you with us, whether you're listening to this or watching us live or whether you're listening on one of the podcast outlets. And we very much like for this to be a dialogue. So please feel free to send us your questions, your stories, your recommendations for guests. And you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at Nsaxton Lopez, that's nsaxtonlopez. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at cm. I'm sorry, CSMPC.com. Again, Nancy Saxton Lopez at CSMPC.com. We also like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community-supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter and medical care and spay-neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. And since it opened in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about them and you can make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot O-R-G. You can also make a donation to support the work that Nancy and I are doing in this podcast by clicking on the link that's attached in the description. And you can also help other people get access to the podcast by liking it on Facebook and also by subscribing on YouTube. So did I forget anything?
1: (laughs) I don't think so. I think we have everything that's good. (laughs) Um, So tonight we were gonna talk about grief and how it lingers or or how it stays with us over a Mm -hmm. period of time. Um, and it's individual for everyone. But it came to um, our discussion, Ken and, Ken and I were discussing, with a particular woman named Michelle, who we've been working with, conversing with, actually, for a few months off and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, her cat, Tom, who was my, as she says, he was my world. Mm-hmm. Um, he died almost two years ago. Was it two years? No, no, sorry. He died about a year ago, Mm -hmm. but he was only two years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And she only had him for a very short period of time, a few months. However, he was sick. So through this, there are a lot of issues that come up through that grieving process, right? So she did, she did adopt him being ill. So that's one issue, right? She had to spend a lot of time with him, take him to veterinarians Make sure he got his medications, you know, um had, such had- a such
0: an amazing thing to adopt an animal who you know has a health condition. It's such a it's such a generous thing to do. And I know you've you've done that as well. I, yes. Yeah.
1: I have boogie and, and and it's it is there is a and, different and LF, level of responsibility yeah. almost, yep. you know, because oh, sure. yeah. they do depend on you to take care of that medical issue. Yep. Um but that's what it kind of likes dealing with uh, an animal is sick. It kind of solidifies and and enhances that bond, right? Because you are doing so much work with it.
0: It makes it so much more intimate. I think
1: exactly, exactly. There's a mu- there's much more time and emotional energy, mm-hmm. you know, that can go into caretaking. Um, now, the thing that happened, though, at one point after so many months of Tom being ill was that there kind of became this traumatic ending, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that he was very ill and she was trying to get him into a crate to take him to the ER.
0: Yep. Yep. And, and the, the vets had told her, you know, you got to just uh, do whatever you need to do to get
1: to get him to grab grab him
0: and the, get him in the in the carrying case and get him over there and he was hiding in a cabinet i believe
1: yeah and so she was she was panicked of course you would be panicked right you're anxious you know he's very ill you want to get him to the to the er um so she was trying desperately to to bring him out um and I, what happened is he kind of stumbled out and vomited i believe and he died yeah <clears throat> so here is here is michelle and she's now so distraught and emotionally spent i mean the anxiety the the shock the denial the, the the um the overwhelming feelings about being alone with 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 tom who' is, who has now died um and I mean, of
0: course she felt a huge amount of guilt yes. and regret even though of course she was trying to save his life yeah and that is so often the case that we're we're trying to get a hold of them because maybe they're hiding because A lot of times animals will seclude themselves when they're, when they're they're dying, when they're very sick. Right. Yeah. And so here she is doing what she's been instructed to do. And what any of us would try to do is to get, get our friend to the medical emergency resource and, and he dies. So.
1: I can't even imagine going through that because the first thing she, she thought was, did, and pulling him out, did that? Did that kill him? Right. Right. You know, right. And like you just said, the, the the mission was to get him to the ER, and she had to, she had to go in and and mm-hmm. and to try to get him into the carrier. Then um, she thought she should I have taken him earlier. Um, it, it, I was supposed to take care of him. Now he has died. I mean, she she just went through so much. Um. And she became very, very obviously overwhelmed. Um, so what she did, your cat, is trying to get in. Okay. Can you hear
0: Yes, I can hear Esme, okay. <laughs> She's in the next room. If she gets in, she'll jump all over my microphone and computers.
1: <laughs> she uh,
0: desperately wants to be in here.
1: <laughs> so because also Michelle was alone, she lived alone with, with, with Tom, what happened is she shut down, right? So sometimes it's so overwhelming that she stopped. She just put those feelings, she repressed them. She just became numb, right? Yeah,
0: and she, as you said, she's written to us a couple of times. We've exchanged communications with her and she writes about how, hard it is even to do that to communicate about him to put her thoughts down because it just brings all the feelings and and the pain and all of that.
1: So which, which, it, it took her about five months. Now what what kicked into to her writing to us actually it wasn't initially when Tom died but it was five months after when she moved.
0: Yeah. She so left she where they had into been together. A
1: place and she left the place where she was, had been living with Tom. And it came back. And yeah. so it overwhelmed her and then set her back into this, the, these all of these grieving feelings that overtook. Yeah. And I
0: guess the, the point that I think is most perhaps most important for people listening to this story to grasp is that grief has its own time,
1: time frame
0: and it can go on for a lot longer than we would imagine whether there's circumstances like this or circumstances that feel less intense in terms of the the the, the way the loss happened the way the death happened and we we have to Just allow for it. It's it's not. There's nothing wrong. It's not pathological. No. no. This is just. This is just the 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 story that she's living through. And for many people, there we've we had people who would come to our support meeting, literally for a span of years.
1: Oh yes, we had Diane. Remember, Diane came for five years
0: years people
1: were looking at us like how what's the matter with her right i mean why is she still coming so long listen she had a disabled husband i believe Mm -hmm. she was kind of alone and she had had the third dog i think it was the third dog in a short period of time that had died within a Mm -hmm. year and she got a lot of support she got a
0: lot of support which is the the you know and that tells you that a group context can be really supportive and that 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 was an extreme situation yes it was and most people wouldn't you know, that was extraordinary yeah. but the point is if you can use support if it'll help you there's no downside to that it's not like there's no. anything wrong with that but it it punctuates the idea that grief really becomes the loss that we experience we have to ultimately integrate that experience of loss into the story that we tell ourselves and that we understand of our lives.
1: Right.
0: And it doesn't, it doesn't, it isn't the case that we come back to where we were before the loss. We come back, we come to a new experience, yes. a new experience of ourselves. We have a new to integrate, experience,
1: right. We have a to a integrate experience. that loss yeah. into our life. Um, because, as we all know, we never forget yeah. those that we love so dearly, our beloved animals. We don't forget them. I mean, they're always with us. But we have to learn how to live without them physically
0: and 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 the way I think about this is for somebody like Michelle writing about it, whether she's writing a note to us or writing in a journal or or writing to friends and to just talking about it. Is probably going to be part of her healing work.
1: Exactly. And
0: the the thing that I always think it's important to say, and hopefully that she she'll hear this, and and we've communicated this in the communications we've had with her, is that there will come a time where this hurts less. Mm-hmm. And and there will come a time where she can remember her friend Tom in a way that is not so terribly painful. I mean there might also always be a little bit of a pang of mm-hmm. of the the experience of loss in it, just as there is for all of the loved ones who we've lost, whether they're pets or whether they're human family members. It's just part of the experience of living and and going forward in life.
1: Well, I love some of the her. I used some of her quotes um, that she uh, kind of shared with us the last time that she contacted us. Um, I would do anything to hold him again. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Um, I loved him more than I have loved anything in the world. And so, and what would happen is the grief when it would come over her would be uh, kind of triggered by anxiety and stress so that it would create, you know, a more of an intensive grieving process. You know, it's, it's interesting because sometimes, like we were talking about that process for her, there was a period of time she just, she couldn't think about it. That was her journey, right? right? When she moved, then, she, then it all came back again. Um, and now she's really going through it. Um,
0: which also points out something that's very common, which is, when we encounter a change, it often will bring up because a change always involves loss, whether yes. even if it's a welcome change, even if we're moving and we're happy about where we're moving, we've we're losing everything that was familiar in that home. And in her case, it was the home that she shared with Tom. And so that would it would make absolute sense that it would bring up all the feelings that she had. About Tom and about his death, and and that happens to people when we have any kind of change, and it can be, it can be things like the birthday of our pet, mm-hmm. the date of adoption. It can be holidays. It can be the, the change anniversary
1: of, se- of the death.
0: The anniversary of the death. The change of seasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Many, many different things can bring many changes can bring about a reawakening. A song, um, a song, yeah, yeah, th- those kind of triggers. and the th- we just live, we just live forward with it, right? We just keep going, we keep taking our steps forward
1: mm-hmm. you know, you know, and and for Michelle, especially, you know, it was a traumatic death. I mean, obviously, yes. she, she was extremely yeah. and that's why I think she had to shut down for a period of time. Yeah. You see that with other situations of people. Um, that have other issues or other impending or more or tr- more difficult issues in their lives to begin with when that beloved animal dies so a move like you know they've got to move that next week or they're changing a job or a family member has become ill I mean sometimes we have a lot of things that we need to deal with at the yeah. same time yeah um the other part of that is is, sometimes and this is what happened with Diane is she had three deaths in one year I believe yeah and so she wasn't even done grieving with the first one when the second one died and then the third one died yep. um and so and I don't want to talk about that later on in the podcast or at the end but so how do you how do you work with that mm-hmm. right or what happens if you've had that third death? And then, then your husband's in a car accident or your wife's, I mean, our lives can be so disrupted that it's really difficult. And sometimes grief has to be put on hold.
0: Yeah. And, and people do this differently. Some people Mm -hmm. like Michelle will put it aside for a while. Other people will be really working through all of those losses simultaneously they'll be sort of in a bundle and and for some people they will work on it for a great deal of time because Mm -hmm. there is so much there there's so much loss Mm -hmm. and all of that is just it's it's okay it's it's painful but that's that's just the path that you have to go through if you if you have that experience
1: the hope is that Folks will not use coping mechanisms that are harmful, which is Unfortunately, that happens. It does happen um, a lot because they don't know what to do with these feelings, Um, and so um, a lot of times there's an increase of use of substances. Um, Unfortunately, that can cause another problem. or they isolate I mean yeah, so many shut I they shut down they
0: shut down in other relationships
1: right um, and you know so again, our grieving is unique. Um, and I sometimes wonder like you and I would wonder, you know three or four things going on at the same time that are change and loss. you really wonder how people do it mm-hmm. you know they get through it but mm-hmm. how do they how do they get through it? you know yeah. sometimes it's overwhelming
0: one of the things I've heard people say is they have no idea how they get through it. They just keep going.
1: Well, yes. Well, (laughs) Which, which
0: is, which is part, I mean, there's a, there's a certain part of most of us that just keeps doing life and we manage. And then at some point we feel less wrapped up in, in that pain and more able to reflect on what was great and valuable in that relationship, but
1: yeah, it starts to switch. How
0: how people get there? I mean, there we've talked about some of the tools that you can use and and there are many and many of them come down to just taking care of yourself the best you can.
1: Because a lot of us have have responsibilities. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could have a loss and then you've got to go home and take care of other pets that may be ill. Yep. You know, you have to move forward or it could be a family member that's ill. Or it,
0: absolutely. It can be a family member. It can be the work that you have to do to sustain your your, your home and your life. And we have to, we have to keep moving. And I, I, I do think that one of the things that it's just very important to sort of keep emphasizing is that closure is more of an experience mm-hmm. than an event. It's not like suddenly right. at some point, it's not stop. it, over. it do, it's not like that. it's like y- we remember we remember those who we've lost all the time. We may think about them every day or almost every day and that's that's very typical and and normal and and I believe healthy that we hang on to the remembrances we hang on to the the good feelings that we had in those relationships and we and we are able to visit the pain of loss as well.
1: Mm-hmm. It's important to go to, and that's the important part to try to go through it the best way you can in mm-hmm. individualized. Okay. The thing that I really also um, she said that was that I can I can relate to I think anyone with a beloved animal can relate to my heart aches for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm-hmm. was my son like moon. Right. Um, meaning, she said, my world revolved around him, and he was the light of my life.
0: Wow. Yeah. And so really she, central.
1: she could say those things, you know, which was good for her because I think it brought him closer to her. Um, mm-hmm. She does sleep with his blanket mm-hmm. every night. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. which I mean, if you yes, it's important to have those things if that's what gives you comfort.
0: Yep. Some people will get uh, will get something like a stuffed animal that replicates their pet mm-hmm. because they like her had their cat or dog sleeping at the foot of their bed or at the head of their bed on the other pillow. <laughs> right. And whatever works. You know,
1: hey, listen, yeah, people come in and say, Well, this is what I'm doing, fine. I mean, it, 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 as long as it works, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> you remember one of the gentlemen, you remember him, and he he lost his dog. His dog died. And he put the ashes in the attic Yeah, above his bed. Yep. And he would talk to his dog every night.
0: Yep. And he you would know. look up, and that's where he knew... He knew the dog, he he located that dog's spirit there. At least that was a reference point for him.
1: Yes. Whatever it takes. You know, people think I'm crazy. You can do as many rituals, memorials, or, you know, whatever comforts you. It's fine. You know, grief is individual. Um, And so, now I do want to go into, though, and I, I, you know, I I didn't really... Share this with you before, but sometimes, and this is this is just more of a psychoeducational piece. There is complicated grief.
0: Oh sure. Um,
1: And you know um, what that means, though, uh, is that through that process, there's more detachment and more numbness. Excuse me. The, the the feelings aren't really being, you know, felt. You know, they're kind of put you know detach you're detached from those feelings or no there is intense sorrow you know over the loss um there's problems accepting to death now this is obviously into so many weeks and months of you know of grieving um there's intense longing for a pet that has died and there's there continues to be a feeling that you did something wrong so that guilt is overwhelming okay um, so I mean, that's just something to keep in mind for folks out there, you know, if it's if I think right now Michelle's really feeling it. and so she's dealing with her grief now. It may have been delayed somewhat, but she's dealing right. with it. Um, but the other thing that I think is really important that you and I have talked about is if it's been over a period of time and it, it's it's still pretty raw, then it's okay to get help and see somebody.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna say that as you were talking, that if you are feeling in in any way impaired significantly mm-hmm. by your grief, like you are feeling like you can't function in the ways that you would generally. You're not able to you're not able to get yourself out of bed, you're not able to get yourself ready for the activities of the day through doing your showering and dressing and You're not able to take care of any dependents who are who you have responsibility for. You deserve to get help from a therapist. Mm -hmm. It can't possibly hurt, and it will likely be helpful. And even even if you are not having extraordinarily complicated grief, you may want to see a therapist just to talk through what you're going through.
1: It's never
0: never gonna be be an it's never gonna make things worse. Right. It can only help. And yeah. I mean in general people don't need a therapist, but it certainly is something that some people will greatly benefit from and some people do need.
1: And I know it's hard in some parts of the country or other countries to really be able to access someone who's specialized in companion Yeah, we're finding also, that
0: out more and more.
1: Um, because grief counselors can be really good or they can not necessarily understand the relationship with an animal. Yep. So, you know, we have helped others, you know, they have gotten in touch with us to try to locate somebody for them as best we can. Um, but it, that would be the best or support groups, even if Definitely. it's a zoom group. Zoom um, group yeah. Right. Yep. Um, but, you know, if we had, you know, somebody else had written to us, you know, just today. And um I was thinking at some point, we want to talk mm-hmm. about a little more, we can't do it tonight, about multiple losses. At, yeah. At a, at a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because this it is brought- a
0: story that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I used to tell people that I tried to stagger my pets. So they wouldn't all be at Ready to leave this life at the same time. No, Abigail and
1: Isabel died. We
0: didn't succeed with Abigail.
1: I know.
0: Because we we had these two very elderly dogs, which is often the case because we want to have our pets have, we may, if we're going to have more than one, we may want them to be friends, lifelong friends. And then we set up that situation where they get to that age where their lives yeah. are almost over and then we lose them both.
1: <laughs> well, well we
0: I but mean, I, yeah.
1: I also thought, I mean, we had the pack of pugs, right? Yeah. And Hank died in 2019, Rosie in 2020, Molly in 2021. And so it wasn't bunched up into months. It was still one a year mm-hmm. now, you know, and we have Jack still here, his daddy, and he's going to be sixteen in April. I hope he makes it. But he's elderly. Mm-hmm. Ellie is now kind of elderly, so. Oh, I thought maybe we talk about that. I mean, at some other point. Um, <laughs> but we also have a guest next week, right?
0: We do. We have a veterinarian who is going to speak with us about the work she does helping people come to terms with the loss of their pet and also helping people understand when their pet is signaling that they're right. ready to leave. And so we'll she'll she'll tell us a lot of things that I think will be very interesting and helpful. And so yeah, we'll look forward to having her join us next week.
1: Dr. Joanne, right?
0: Dr. Jo- jo- Joanne Lefebvre, if I'm saying yeah. it correctly. <laughs>
1: Good. So I think that I think for people, you know, that would be really helpful to actually talk to a veterinarian who does euthanasia work. You know, I, th- I believe she has hospice work too. If I'm honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and she. So we're very much looking forward to having her talk with us. Um,
1: so please, you know, uh, tune in. Um, but you know, we want to thank Michelle. Yep. You know, um, for allowing us to tell her story. And we will talk again about, again, these multiple losses and and really how to deal with them.
0: Yep. Okay, Nancy, great talking with you as always. Have a good week.
1: Have a wonderful week too, Ken. Take care, everyone.
0: Bye-bye.